It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So hype right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. Maybe, ma. Anything's possible. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Welcome back. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com, your host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We're back on the daily grind, and media day is here. Basketball is back. Celtics are going to practice. By the time you listen to this podcast, maybe, they have a game on Sunday. This is crazy. This is fun. Uh, and I'm excited for it. I am going to take you through some of the more interesting points that were made on in media day. It was a few hours of just talking to these guys. Nothing really crazy. Uh, I don't want to set like low expectations, but I think uh, one of the storylines of media day, maybe the storyline of media day was the fact that it was so kind of subdued as compared to last year's team that had such high expectations. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you clips from the guys, Brad Stevens, on some of the more interesting points that happened uh, at Media Day. So uh, we'll hear from Kemba later on talking about just the experience of getting to this point and what the Celtics might face in the league. We'll hear from Marcus Smart on a few different things, but him now in the next stage of his career. We'll hear from Brad Stevens talking about defense and trying to what what he's trying to build there defensively on a team that's not really known for its defense at this point. Jason Tatum talked about what he was working on this summer. It's an interesting thing, and it, I think it's going to get a lot of people excited. That's going to come up in the second segment. In this first segment, we're going to hear from Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart again. Let's start with Jalen Brown. One of the big storylines this season is Jalen Brown's extension. He has up until opening day to come to an agreement with the Boston Celtics on an extension, which by all accounts is not going to be likely. He is eligible for five years, about $170 million. It's the Jamal Murray contract. That's the comparison. And a lot of people looking at that Jamal Murray deal. Now, Murray is certainly a potentially very good player. He's a good player now and has promise, but it's more of a kind of, we talked about this with, with Tom a little bit in one of the last podcasts, kind of a we believe in you type of thing probably aimed to settle him down probably aimed at Denver trying to build some sort of culture but Celtics are not in that same position so Jalen Brown was asked about 
his potential extension. And this is what he had to say. Um, to be honest, I'm not putting too much thought into it. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Um, I think stuff like that end up working itself out in the end or however so. So um, I'm just I'm just focused on the season and, and playing basketball. I think that's my number one emphasis and let the chips fall where they may. It's the right thing to say. He's not thinking about it. And if if he's being honest, then great. And it's it's not only the right thing to say, like in a politically correct sense, it's it's the right thing to say in a this is how you should approach it sense to to not put that much thought into it and just say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and play basketball is exactly how you should approach it. That's when you're out there thinking too much about it. That's the, the Terry Rozier approach. And he basically admitted it all year last year that when you're thinking too much about your numbers, then you get away from so much of what you're trying to do right. My biggest problem with Terry Rozier wasn't that he had some bad stretches. I expected bad stretches out of Terry Rozier. What pissed me off about Terry Rozier all season long was that he would go off on these half-cocked forays trying to get his numbers when making the right play was necessary. And I will forever go to that last Charlotte game in Charlotte where the Celtics blew a 20, I forget how many point lead. And it was Terry Rozier who on a a night where Jalen was going off, started going off, tried to go off on his own and started taking these bad shots. And that led to a big kind of cascading effect. Now, it wasn't all Terry Rozier's fault, but... That type of selfish play, that type of, hey, we're up 20, time for me to go get my numbers, that kind of mentality when you've got a potential contract of $170 million waiting for you potentially, that's that's bad. It's tough to avoid. I don't want to say that that's an easy thing to put out of your mind. It's like saying, I, I have a winning lottery ticket. I mean, I throw a couple bucks on the Powerball every once in a while, but if you told me, hey, if you hit this many page views on Mass Live, you're guaranteed to hit the lottery, well then, yeah, it's going to be hard for me to resist putting up a bunch of crap and really kind of ruining the product over the potential huge payday. Like, I I criticize Rozier. It's easy for me to criticize Rozier. But from a human perspective, everybody would be impacted by that. I get it. But... The problem is, if you just take that approach that Jalen says he's going to take, if you just say, you know what, I know I can get these numbers, play well, be good at my job, by just doing the right thing, and everything's going to work out, then yeah, I think I think that's the right approach, and it's hard to do, it takes a lot of discipline, but I think that's the right approach to say... I'm going to do what I do, and the talent evaluators around the league will see that I've got this talent, I'm a team player, and okay, I didn't put up 20 points a game. I put up 14, but I also was efficient. You look at the per 36 numbers, the per 100 possession efficiency numbers, you know, those type of things. 
those types of metrics are in place specifically to evaluate guys that might be in a position that Jalen Brown is in. So if he's able to do this, I obviously there's skepticism in my voice because it's hard to do, especially when you're 23 years old and you've got that much money staring you in the face. It takes a lot of discipline, but that's what being an NBA player is about. That sort of discipline. They have discipline that people like me don't have because you got to really train your body, train your mind, work like crazy for those eight, nine months, take a month off after the season is over and get back to it. You really don't have much downtime. It's a lot of discipline. So uh, I commend those guys for doing it, but that's what you need. All right, more from Jalen Brown. Speaking of this and his expectations, uh, I, I want to play you this bit from Jalen Brown about him talking about the expectations that might be on him. I don't think uh, any expectations uh, I really want to put on it. I think uh, uh, my mantra for myself and for our teammates is just come out and hoop. Um, just come out and play basketball, get better every single day and see where that takes us. Um, I've been here, what, four seasons now, including summer. Um, but I've learned and grew a lot. I've had many different roles, um, probably almost every role um, pretty much since I've been here. So I think I've grown a lot. I've, I've started out as an 18-year-old, and now I'll be 23 next month. So uh, the journey has been has been kind of crazy, but it's been good. I'll tell you, Jalen Brown, he's he's a smart kid, and I think there's a reason why he was able to weather last season's storm better than most people. Uh, I don't know what he's going to become. I have my opinions on his ceiling, and I don't I don't know that they're as high as I felt like maybe a year or two ago even. But I still think he's going to be a really good player, and, and he's in the right place, I think, mentally. I think he's either A, in a good place mentally, or B, he knows exactly how to say the right things, and he's bullshitting. Uh, if he's bullshitting, then he's a good bullshitter, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that will ultimately reveal itself. So uh, Jalen... I think has a good grasp of his expectations. He knows he's going to he's going to get a lot of money one way or the other next year. He's going to get a lot of money. How much is a lot though? Is going to be 90 million, is going to be 100 million, 170, whatever it is. It's going to be a lot more than I'll ever see. Or maybe not. Hopefully maybe one of those Powerball tickets comes through. But uh he seems to have the right mentality. And speaking of mentality, I got to play this clip from Marcus Smart because this is indicative of the mentality of this Celtics team. We heard the term fresh start, I think, five different times from a few different guys. Smart said it a couple of times. Just here it is about uh, the Celtics and their mind state uh, going into this season. Um, yeah, it is a fresh start. We all see Jalen Brown's hair, right? So, you know, that, I think that kind of lets you know how fresh of a start it is. Uh, but no, um, definitely, you know, we're, 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 everybody feels good to be back here together. And, uh, you know, for, for everybody, you know, we love playing basketball and basketball is something that puts us at ease. So it is a fresh start for us. We got new faces. We got um, uh, new mindsets, different mindsets. Uh, and, and we're ready. Fresh start. That I heard that so many times. I wrote about this on MassLive.com. Go to MassLive.com slash Celtics. Me and Tom Westerholm, there's 
probably by the time you read this, like eight different articles up from media day, we've got you covered with a lot of different stuff. The fresh start thing, my, my take on this is it's, it says more about last season than them just talking about it directly because talking about it directly, they wouldn't tell you how frustrated they were by it. They'll use, they'll say they were frustrated, but the fact that everybody looks at this as such a fresh start, it tells me that, yeah, last season sucked. It sucked more than you know. It's like getting out of a, a bad relationship that they just are just so relieved. They're like, you know what? I'm, no more of this. No more, da- no more dating, you know, these types of people who are bad for me. No more of these types of toxic type of relationships. They are moving on and this this kind of fresh start feeling that they're expressing is just there like, oh man, that was really terrible. And I really do feel like that tells us more about what last season was to them than anything they've said or could have said about it. So just an interesting little take. That was certainly when you go around reading your media day articles, that's going to be a pervasive theme. But Make sure you read the Mass Live stuff first. Also, make sure you go to DoorDash, treat yourself to the meal you deserve, and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics. Your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Back with more from Media Day, and one of the big things we're watching in Celtics Nation going into this season is Jason Tatum 
and his evolution as a scorer, a primary guy, can he be that type of player? We've talked about it here, talked about it with Jay when you know, over the summer. It's pretty simple. The formula for Jason Tatum to get to that kind of elite level score is is something that Jason Tatum seems very well aware of. Focus on getting to the basket much more. Um, shoot more threes, threes and layups, um, and, and free throws. If you want to be a good, a great scorer in this league, um, you got to get to the line. Um, free throws is super important. Getting to the basket, and then that opens up the rest of the game. And um, threes are worth more than twos. I should have given you a, like a trigger warning or something. If you're driving and you may you might have driven off the road, you're so excited by hearing Jason Tatum say, get to the basket more, shoot more threes, take more layups, free throws. Yes, yes, Jason. Yes, please. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple for him. We've talked about it. Last season, he averaged 15.7 points per game. He made 2.5 free throws per game. If he turns some of these two-point attempts, 9.2 two-point attempts, into drives to the rim and others into three-point attempts, which he took 3.9 of last season. So get to the rim a couple more times. Get yourself a few more trips to the free throw line. Instead of three free throws attempt attempted per game, you get to six Seven, somewhere in that range, you shoot 85%. Now you're getting five points from the line. You tack on 2.5 or a little bit more points per game to his total. So now you're at 18. You're over 18 points per game already. Okay? Then you add another three made. Even if he still shoots what he shot last year, Add another one or two three-pointers made. That's 20 points right there. That's it. You just get to make, instead of 1.5 threes per game, you make two-point-something, three threes per game. If you could just make three threes per game, boom, that's it. You've gotten yourself to over a 20-point-per-game score. Now, you start increasing your efficiency. You start increasing those field goal attempts. He only took 13 shots per game. That's he's going to take like 16, 17 shots per game. If he can get up there to the occasional 20 point sh- 20 shots taken, then all of this other stuff will will start to fall into place. Really, if he does what he says, this is the podcast of hoping guys do what they say. If he does what he says, then he's on his way. He's taking a leap. He's going from 15.7 points per game to 20 some odd 21 points per game, something like that. That's a significant increase. That'll get a lot of attention. And Marcus Smart can tell you why, because he saw it in FIBA. Um, he wasn't thinking anymore. You know, we've seen a lot last year with Jason where, you know, he'd have an open shot and he'd turn it down to probably take a contested shot. Um, and that's just due to him, you know, overthinking it. Um, USA, before he got hurt, you can definitely tell he was just going out there and play. You know, he was taking exactly what the defense uh, gave him, and he wasn't trying to make it any harder than what it was. Jason Tatum's a 21-year-old kid, so 
he's we we put a lot of expectations on these guys. We we expect players to be finished products like as soon as they get into the league. The, we're looking at now his third season in the league. That's something you have to keep in mind. This is his third year in the league. And there's a lot of pressure on a guy. Third year in the league, if you're going to be an elite guy, you have to this is when you make a leap. He's got to start making it soon. And and that feels like this this weird thing to say because you you think oh well he could develop into this it doesn't have to happen right away but the elite players in always kind of start having these breakout seasons right about now this is what he needs to do from what Marcus Smart says don't think about it too much don't turn down the open shot and step into a worse shot that Kobe thing has to go in fact when I tweeted out the line about the threes and layups and twos. I had Lakers fans saying, oh, well, that's not the Mamba mentality. Like, they know. They get it. So that's what Jason Tatum needs to work on. He knows it. Marcus Smart, who is go- he's a leader on this team, he sees it. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Now do it. Another thing here from Media Day before we take our next break. Brad Stevens. I asked Brad Stevens about getting this team to play defense. It seems like they're, some of the new additions aren't plus defenders. Um, how do you uh, adjust what's been a defense-first mentality here to accommodate some guys that may have not hung their hats on their defense? Well, I mean, if you want to win at the highest level in this league, and I, and I actually um, will show these guys a slide um, that, that says this, you better be in the. You better be one of the best defensive teams, and you better be one of the best offensive teams. I mean, there's really right at the at the end of the day, there's two sides of the ball. You better play them well, um, and you better do it consistently. We've been lucky because over the last five years or so, we've been one of the better ones on defense. But it's taken a lot of commitment from a lot of guys, and it still hasn't been as consistent as maybe you'd like. Um, and then on offense, if you don't stay up with the game and and um, and are able to attack the way you want to attack, then you know that'll get exposed too. Um, but this team, um, we will make sure it's an emphasis from day one that we're the best version of ourselves defensively. And we do have, I think, some lineups especially um, that we'll be able to go to with the right effort and focus that um, could be awfully good defensively. And so you know, that'll be part of piecing a team together. First part of this is I like that he says I'm going to show these guys a slide. I know all these coaches put together these presentations, but I think it's especially funny that Brad Stevens is putting together a PowerPoint presentation for his team. I, you know, just it feels very Brad Stevens for him to do that. But it's true. If you're going to be one of the best teams in the league, you have to be top five defense, top five offense. You just have to be in that range. How do you get these guys? to play a level of defense that they're not used to. That's going to be hard. I mean, he talks about it. Uh, he he knows that he's got to get something out of these guys. We talk about, well, they're just going to have to outscore teams, and, and that might just be how they do it. But being a good defensive team doesn't mean that you rely necessarily on Ennis Cantor to be your defensive closing center. I mean, you can be a good defensive team – quote-unquote, team, by having Cantor execute certain principles defensively, 
And when it comes time to close a game, you do what Brad said. We'll be able to go with the right effort and focus defensively. Uh, we do have some lineups that can do that. And it makes it pretty clear that Brad's almost got this, okay, here's going to be my defensive lineup. Here's going to be my offensive lineup. He, he's got the different options. And he's right. He can have some really good defenders out there, and, and he'll have the ability to throw those guys out there. The question is, you can do that in certain situations, but will you be able to do that in one of those like slugfests where you both need stops and you need to score – and the defensive lineups, how good are they going to be offensively? We'll see. We'll see what he what he throws out there. Uh, we don't know what guys are going to step up and how they're going to step up. Just an interesting quote from Brad Stevens talking about the need to do certain things consistently. He and his staff have been able to get good team defenses out of teams that have had really poor defenders. Like Isaiah Thomas was on a team that was really good defensively. And he was on the floor a lot. So they found ways to make it work. And even in that time, we were saying like, hey, at least he's trying. He's out there trying his best. That's That just might be what it comes down to. Uh, we saw Kimba be a decent defender. He doesn't have a reputation for being a good defender, but he, we saw him be a, a decent defender in FIBA. If if he's not being asked to carry the same load that he was in Charlotte, he could be a guy that surprises. And we'll see what, what Brad Stevens does with Cantor, how they run their pick-and-roll coverages. It's not going to be the same way they ran it with Al Horford. Cantor's just not going to be able to switch out onto certain guards. He's not going to switch out onto Ben Simmons, that's for damn sure. So they might have to... Just and maybe they do the uh, Budenholzer approach, and I think that you throw Cantor in there, and just it's drop pick and roll coverage, and you always chase over the top of screens, and you try to force those mid range jumpers, and you you clog the lane. You have guys that tag the roll guy, and you just make it hard for teams to get the most efficient shots. You're gonna have to give up something. Maybe they employ a Bucks type of defense where Cantor roll uh, drops like Lopez dropped and just do that no matter what. And you always chase over the top and you just say, no threes. You're going to have to take, you can take an, a, a somewhat uncontested 18 footer. If you can hit that at 60%, then God bless you, you're going to beat us. But that doesn't always happen and you just have to play the percentages on that. Going to take a break, coming back with more from Marcus Smart, the veteran. We'll hear from Kemba. But first, a reminder, we now have a voicemail line, 617-221-6010. Leave a voicemail, leave a quick message, a comment, a question, and I will get to it on the show. I've got a few sitting there waiting for us. I will do a segment in one of these upcoming days where we just play your question, your comment, I react to it, boom. It's really going to be quick, fun, keep it fun, keep it light, whatever. 617-221-6010. Coming right back with more on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. 
Marcus Smart is a leader on this team. That's kind of known. People are talking about give him the C, give him the captain, make him the official captain. And Brad Stevens just won't do that, I don't think. I'd be surprised. He might, but I'd be surprised. Brad Stevens has always said that we want to empower everybody to speak freely and not say this guy is the captain and and kind of take away, I think, some of the power from other guys to speak up. That's why he's not part of the rookie hazing thing. Like Rookies don't get hazed in Boston, or at least not to the level that they might elsewhere. Brad is very much of a – he wants everybody's voice to be equal in the locker room. But at the same time, Marcus clearly stands out. He's going to be a guy that people just kind of follow naturally. He talked – I asked him about the that evolution. And it, as it, I framed the question around his injuries, uh, especially the one that he probably could have played through if he really, really wanted to, uh, the calf injury uh, before the FIBA World Cup. When you tweaked your calf – um, you were talking about trying to be smarter about things maybe in the past than you have been in the past. And uh, you talk about approaching the game a little bit differently after last season. Do you feel like you're entering a different stage in your career when you're approaching on the court, off the court a little bit differently than you had in the past? Yeah, I'm getting older. I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, you know, my your body uh, takes a little bit longer to recover now as you get older, um, you know, um, Back, back probably when I was a little bit younger, I probably would have tried to play through the calf injury and uh, probably caused even more um, pain and, and probably something else worse. So um, for me, it's, it's this year is really just being that veteran player and understanding when to push it and when not. Um, f- you know, um, everybody knows how hard I am, how tough I am. Um, and sometimes I feel like that gets the best of me where I feel like, you know, I'm hurt. And I could probably still play through it, and I'd probably risk it by going out there and trying instead of just, you know, giving myself that time to recover and to get back 100%. Marcus Smart is simply entering the second stage of his career. This is his sixth NBA season. He's 25. He's going to be 26 uh, later on this year, later on in the season. He's now entering his prime, and if you look at a long NBA career, you're looking at 15 years. So you get the first five years, which is the kind of the, you know the early parts. You're a kid. You're you're learning things. You're figuring things out. You you feel like you're indestructible. You do stupid things. That's part of being you know a young player in the league. Now he's like I said, going to turn 26. He's entering his physical prime. He's learned a few things over the course of time. Him understanding that. When he says, "You're like, you know how hard I am. You know how tough I am," but it gets the best of me. That's that's learning. That's understanding who you are, how you are, and taking that next step and setting a good example. Because there's going to be young guys on this team that really want to plow through certain injuries, and Marcus can sit there and say, "Hey, look, I've been there. I've been you." No one is going to question Marcus Smart's toughness, and he could be like, "Look." I did it. It was wrong. You shouldn't do it. And I know it's different when you're 21 or 20 or 19 and you're having somebody tell you that. You can say, well, I'm different or, yeah, you got your contract. I need to make sure I go get mine, especially if you're like a second round pick or even a two-way player or something like that. It's easy for, for you to say, well, it's one thing for you 
veteran to tell me something, but I still got to do what's best for me. Still, Smart is a very well well respected guy, and it's important for him to have these kind of this kind of mentality and and to show the younger players how to properly take care of yourself. Uh, Marcus Smart, definitely one of the key leaders on this team. Now entering the second stage of his career. Wrote about that on MassLive.com slash Celtics as well. Please go read that. Finally, let's finish this off with Kemba Walker asking a couple of, answering a couple of questions. First question was uh, what the, the Celtics face, that the league seems to be wide open right now. I wouldn't say wide open, but I just, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great games every night. Um, you're going to look around and you're going to be like, I didn't even know this guy was on this team. You know, just <laughs> so much movement. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just going to be so competitive, you know, each and every night this year. So I'm looking forward to that. What's, what's it been like, friends, family, everyone, in coming up to this, you know, kind of this moment where you're finally getting it going here? What's it been like for you? How much fun has it been? Too many text messages. Too many phone calls. Um, it's been it's been great. The energy has been nothing short of amazing. You know, the fan love has been amazing. Um, everybody just so excited. A lot of people are very excited for me. Um, you know, which is a really great feeling. Um, and I'm excited as well. You know, I'm excited for this new chapter in my career. Um, I'm excited to be playing for the Boston Celtics, of course. You know, which is a you no know, legendary organization. Um, no, it's, it's just so much excitement. I can't even really, you know, put it into too many words. Kind of wild to see, you know, Kemba's kind of enjoying this whole thing. I don't know that he ever expected to be here. It might still feel like a whirlwind to him because I really do think that he started off the summer, started off his offseason thinking that he was going to be back in Charlotte. I don't think that he expected to be lowballed to the degree that he was lowballed. And Charlotte, I mean, they just really screwed up that whole thing. And <laughs> I'm thinking about the Mitch Kupchak interview where he explained it. I'm, I'm not going to, it'll take me too long to, to get into it. He basically made some really surprising admissions about, well, we didn't, we didn't get what we, you know, we weren't being offered what we really wanted for Kemba. So we didn't do a deal Instead, choosing to like get nothing in exchange. Well, they got Terry Rozier, which, come on, uh, they could have gotten a lot more. And so I think that Kemba thought he was going to be in Charlotte. And to be in Boston, to have all of this happening right now, has got to be wild for him. Uh, it's got to be a, a real whirlwind. And I think he's probably excited to be on the floor playing basketball with these guys and just moving forward with basketball. As far as the league being wide open thing, I feel like people will say, Oh, the league's wide open. It could be anybody. And that, that that's more of an opportunity for other teams. And it is, but it also means that a lot of teams are, are even or in a similar mix. And that means that it's going to be like Kemba said, super competitive and it, it's anybody's championship within reason, obviously, but there are probably 10 teams that can legitimately say we have a chance, which is nine teams more, ten, eight teams more than, than in the past few years. And I don't know if the Celtics are part of that, but it's still 
much more open. And you use different tiers in that 10, but still, you wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, okay, so maybe the Clippers are the favorites, but Utah's really good. Uh, Houston's really good. Portland, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Milwaukee, obviously. Uh, these teams all have a chance. Some some teams need more to break right than others, but they have a chance. And that just means that there's a real competitive league out there. And so what that means for the Celtics' wins and losses, it's going to be hard to say, especially when you consider what moves are going to be made once December 15th rolls around and a lot of these guys that were signed – all of this player movement in the offseason, uh, all those guys can be traded. Who knows what happens and who changes places and what goes on over the first couple months of the season that makes teams go, oh, wait, nope, never mind, got to change this. So it's going to be a, a wildly entertaining season. So the league is wide open, but that means it's also super competitive. Practice Tuesday. By the time you listen to it, it might even be over. Celtics are back on the floor. We get to go in there and see it. And then Saturday is the big open practice for season ticket holders. Sunday, Celtics, Charlotte, preseason basketball returns. We get to watch a product on the floor. Guys, women, children, everybody listening, it's back. And we will be talking about it. I'm there. I'm inside the locker room. I'm on the floor. I'm at the practices, so you get your inside look daily. If you're a new listener, uh, you're not going to get access like this from a lot of other podcasts because I'm there every day. So make sure you're subscribing wherever podcasts exist. I'll have a lot of fun guests throughout the season. Each week, we'll have new people coming in, some regulars. So make sure you're subscribing. Give us that five-star rating. Give us that good review and share the podcast. Tell everybody, listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.